0: Jared Williams, welcome back to your podcast. Joel, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> this no, is just... as much your podcast as it is mine. Yeah, I know. I uh, I make that claim because I try to speak first, and that's how you know.
1: Yeah, yeah. You steal my thunder.
0: Jared, I could never steal your thunder. Thunder stealer. Your thunder's on another another level of thunder. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's far from it, dude. Uh, yeah, well. Um, so, plumbing businesses, you own one, right?
1: Yep. I own one, and, and you fun. talk
0: to and you talk to plumbers all the time.
1: I do, yeah. I actually talk to a lot of plumbers all the time.
0: How? how let's see, like the plumbers that you work for, or work for, work with.
1: I mean, I talk to plumbers that I work that work for my company, right? Mm-hmm. But I also talk to. You know, I'm pretty involved in Facebook groups and that kind of stuff, and talk to those plumbers. And then I do private coaching through the Million Dollar Plumber Program. And so I'm talking to plumbers in there as well about gotcha. plumbing business and what how they much, need to be doing.
0: How much of your like time are you thinking about plumbing? Dude,
1: very low. I mean, well, it's probably more than you would think. Like if I actually like <laughs> yeah. sat down and tracked it, it's probably more than than I think. Yeah. It's
0: probably a lot. Well, because I mean, because you're not just thinking about like obviously the physical act of doing plumbing. You're thinking about right. everything about what a plumbing business is, what it should be and what it's doing.
1: Right. And then how, yeah, I lately I've been thinking about a lot like, okay, we've got, you know, I've got these clients that are going through some, you know, they're wanting to go from where they are to where they need to be. Mm -hmm. And then it's my job to say, Hey, this is, this is what you need to do next to get from where you're at to where you want to
0: be. Now, do you have clients like across the spectrum? Do you have like really small, uh, just starting plumbing companies, yep. ranging to bigger plumbing companies. What's yep. your range?
1: So I'm probably in the, you know, if they're if they're seeking help, they're usually a smaller company. Right. Um. So we're talking like just started to, maybe they're doing two or three million in revenue. Gotcha. And that's it. But they're, you know, they're doing two and three million in revenue with like a lot of headache. It's not mm. a, it's not easy. Two or three million in revenue. What's the biggest
0: headache? As
1: far as being in two or three million in revenue, just not having systems in place. I mean you Mm -hmm. can run a you can you could probably get to two two or three million and still be involved in the day to day and basically be pulling your hair out and working like crazy.
0: Sure. But there's and
1: and then you kind of get stuck because you just you don't have the time to keep going because you don't have any systems in place, right? Right. So you can go in and, and put some systems in place relatively easy. Um and then continue from there. It's just Let, but people don't know they don't know how, right? Like you don't know what you don't know and you need to learn. Of course. It. So that's where I would come in, because I've been there, done that.
0: Is there a system that somebody should be implementing day one?
1: Um yeah, I mean they really should be like day one day one, you should go flat rate, like you shouldn't work by the hour. Oh, gotcha. That'd be system number one. Right. And then even like, if you're getting a couple jobs a day, then the next thing you should do is hire somebody to answer your phone, in my opinion, because it just sense. frees up your brain to then go do more work and then bring in more money. And that way you can start spending that money on advertising. And then you have the time to like hire guys, and come up with all those kinds of systems. And then, I mean, probably the biggest system, like once you get like two or three guys going, well, even in the early days, like you should have some sort of CRM.
0: Yeah, that's going to be my next question.
1: Like in your early days, you could have Jobber. It's super simple. uh, And they'll take on anybody, and it's pretty cheap. But then eventually you need to move to something more complex, like Service Titan. And And really... like Service Titan meant to just run one way. And so if you just run your business, how Service Titan is
0: kind of designed for you to run your business, then that's like half your systems. Do you have any clients that you're speaking with that have Service Titan, but they're finding they have to <clears throat> restructure their business to sort of fit within Service Titan's mold?
1: Yeah, or they'll try to they'll try to like bypass service titan
0: yeah they'll try to they'll try to just jank the system to continue
1: to do their business this certain way And i'm like dude look just do it this way it makes it so like it's already set up in the software for you to do it this way just go do it that way it's so much easier
0: so what's so is there a common thing that you see across maybe multiple clients and if not we can just talk about one of them of that an example of that
1: um no not really like i can't a- even think of
0: one off the top of my head
1: but i know like because you know, when I first got into Service Titan, there was some things that needed to change to make Service Titan work. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, well, we could go around it this way. Right. And then I was thinking to myself, like, man, to go around this is a ton of work. Yep. Or I could just change the way we do it. And even though it's not exactly the way I want to do it, does it get the job done? Yes. Okay. And it's way easier because it's part of what, what no. Service Titan does. Then sweet. Let's just do it that way
0: at my last job we used um a software and we continually would go use our own workarounds to like be able to use the software as a supplemental and in the back of my head i have these conversations i'd be like it's kind of dumb that we're using other stuff to work with this we it'd be smarter for us to just either get rid of it completely and just do our own thing build our own thing or to just conform to what the thing does but like by having like a part of a CRM like software yep. and then going, "Well, I don't like that part. So I'm just going to supplement with my Excel spreadsheet. Then it it, can, it gets, it's complicated. And then yeah. like, it's, it doesn't and make chances
1: sense. Chances are they built the CRM that way because that's a good way to run a business.
0: <laughs> yeah. Right? And you, and you just think like in your, in your arrogance are like, no, I know, yeah. how, I know way better. <laughs> yeah. No, I want to
1: do it this way. Yeah. It's like, okay, well.
0: It's gonna cost you more money to do, it yeah that way. it's gonna be a lot harder and I'm, and when you call me for help, I'm not going to be able to help you because you're not using my features, and you're yeah. paying me a lot of money to use my features,
1: yeah, especially for a business like like you get you used to work for um Wrights Air Service, so they fly mm-hmm. planes, right that mm-hmm. software was probably specifically written for that kind of a service, yeah, like, very much so, like people coming in the door, buying tickets, organizing mm-hmm. whatever I don't even know what mm-hmm. all that includes. Um, just like Service Titan, it's written for a very specific few niches. Mm-hmm. So so they wrote the software in a way where 90% of the business owners want to use them because it's set up how they run their business. Right. If 90% of all the other business owners are doing it this one way, chances are it's a pretty dang good way. Or at least it's proven, right? It's proven to work because yep. 90% of the businesses are doing it. So just yep. follow their their proven method and just do it that way. Yep. So much easier. And then, like I said before, just by doing that, you'll have half of your systems in place. And then all you have to go do is add a few of your own, you know, systems for things that are outside of your CRM. Right. What you kind can write what, those quickly. What's going to be outside your CRM? Just like your hiring process, your phone call script, your... Um, the firing process when you have like your working hours, your just all the stuff that you have to do in your business that isn't directly done in your CRM. Right. Um, that's the kind of stuff like, you know, we switch over our phones at night to an after hours. Well, we got, mm-hmm. it's not, we switch it in service Titan, but it's not something that happens as a process and service Titan. So we right. need to write a process for that.
0: Do you, in your business, do you have a lot of processes, like a lot of standard operating procedures?
1: There's a bit. I mean, I, you know, I'm a big fan of keeping it simple because sure. you can you can make it so complex it's retarded. And then, like, I'll, I'll see this a lot. Like, a lot of people will worry about little details, like, well, what if this or what if that? Mm. And so what I do in mine, rather than getting super complicated with the process, I always start with the goal so that the person reading the process knows the end goal is this. Cause I don't really care. Like if you hundred percent follow my process, right. Just get to the goal. As yeah. long as, as long as the things that happened, like the things that need to happen, get done. Right. Then I'm good. So if you come up with a different way you want to do it, then fine. And, and, then you don't have to be as specific in your processes, right? Yeah,
0: because certain things are just like, you can do something a million different ways. And also what what I found in writing processes is sometimes my process, one, works for me. Mm -hmm. And also maybe it only works for me. Like that's a Mm -hmm. negative example that I've made a process. I'm like, oh, I guess this just works for me and how I work. This actually works for nobody. But by having the goal first and then explaining to the person, be like, man, this is where you're trying to get. This is where I found is really a great way to do it. And if nothing yep. else, start here and then innovate to make yeah. it your own. Yeah. And why, like, why wouldn't you want your employees to innovate? Oh yeah. Cause I don't assume that I'm the smartest person. Like, right. like again, I found success doing it this way, but you could find success doing it this way. And maybe hopefully, honestly, hopefully you'll find success doing it a better way. And then tell me, yeah. and then I'll tell somebody else and then we can continue to innovate. Yep, exactly. So you're talking to these clients and so... They have very little processes.
1: Most of them, like if they come to me, most of them don't have processes down. Gotcha. And they don't know really where to start. Like they um, don't even know, a lot of them don't even know how to communicate to their guys. Or, you know, and, and it's so key. Um, mm-hmm. I know we were talking, I'm just thinking of like a client that I was talking to yesterday didn't know how to communicate to his guys. So his guys didn't really have, they didn't know what their expectations were. Right. And then they didn't know if they did good or if they did bad. Right. And so his results were just all over the place because nobody knows like, you know, if somebody does something good that you like, um, like they do a good job taking care of a customer and you, you make more money that day. Well, you need to go to those people and go, hey, you did really good. That was awesome. Whatever you did, do more of that because it works. That's what I like. That's what I want. And then let them know, thank you. Yeah. That was rad, right? Mm -hmm. Makes them feel good, number one. And then it also lets them know, oh, I need to do more of that. That's what they want me to do here. Right. It's, and then when they do something you don't want, go to them and say, hey, um, I don't want that here. So, don't do that anymore, please. Thank you. <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> yeah, sounds, sounds easy simple. Easy as that. Um, and that, that does get a little more difficult. Like, you know, each yeah. person's going to have their own way of doing that. And when you go to somebody, obviously you need to not make them feel like they're being attacked. Right. So my favorite way to go about it is to say, I would go to the person and pull them apart, you know, aside privately. And I would say, um, hey, you know, so-and-so, you've been doing a really good job, been here for a while, really appreciate you. And then I would say this thing you did yesterday its this isn't like you to do it this way or for you to have this result. What happened there? And I would give him the chance to like, tell me what happened. Or right. I would even maybe put some words in his mouth. Like, was right. it this, this, or this? Hmm. Was it something that I did? Is there something we need to help you more with? You know, make yourself involved in the problem. And then you can figure it out and people usually take it well. Um, And then you can say, okay, well, let's not do that again.
0: Yeah. I always found a lot of success with approaching those things. Like it was my fault, even though this person might've made a failing. But when I approached (laughs) him, I'm like, man, like, like, as you said, like bring attention to the problem and then be like, so what can I do to sort of help you do this better? Because clearly there's something that I'm missing in the component, yeah. and I didn't know what that is. Because I'm trying to figure out how we can make this situation not happen again. So what do I yeah. need to do?
1: Yeah, and in reality, like you know, if you're managing people, or if you're you own the business, the people that you manage, or the people under you that work for you, any problem that they have, or any downfall that they have, or something they do wrong, that's ultimately your fault.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. It's
1: your job. To go figure out how to make these people do what you want them to do. And if you don't do that, that's your fault. Like if they're not doing the things (laughs) to make your company successful, that is your fault. You have to go figure out, okay, do I need a process for this? Do I need to communicate something? Like Like why is this happening? And how can I go make it not happen again? How can I make it so that rather than doing this, we go do this thing over here that will actually make us successful. That's like, that's your job as a business owner or even a manager. If you're managing people. Right. Yeah.
0: I, I think assuming as much responsibility as you possibly can is a, it's a good perspective. Um, <clears> the <throat> the weakest, people I've worked with are those who don't assume assume any responsibilities. And it's worse when you see that within a position of like a manager or worse yet a business owner where they will just blame everybody else for the circumstances. That's the worst. It's like working for that person sucks. That company's not going to do well. Because he likely, like if you're working for somebody like that, then he likely doesn't
1: supply you with what you need to do your job. No. And then gets mad at you because you didn't do your job. And then doesn't even offer to listen to you of how you could actually go about doing your job better. Right. So if you, if you can like just provide that for your employees, then they'll like you way better. Oh, they will. They're going to be way better set up to do their jobs.
0: And then you're going to have a much better running company.
1: So it's like a no brainer in my mind.
0: Yeah. It's a no brainer in my mind. I think it's just maybe people find themselves in position of leadership, that they got there by happenstance or they got there by skill. Like I've seen people who are incredibly skilled get into positions of leadership, but they're very bad leaders, but they're really good at their job. They just suck with people. And I'd rather have somebody who's less skilled, who's really good at handling people. Cause if you can be a person who can encourage other people to elevate their value, even if you're not great at all the things, but if you can do that, Oh dude, you can do anything.
1: Yeah. I would say that's probably not one of my strong suits is managing people. That's why I hired a general manager who's way better at it than I am. Like You always have that option too. Yes. Once you get to a certain point, you can be like, okay, I'm not very good at this. <laughs> Obviously, if you own a business, you need to get as good at it as you can because you're going to have to do it to some extent. But if there's a bunch of people that need to be managed and you're not a very good manager, then hire somebody to go manage those people and go do what you are good at. If yeah. you're not good at anything, well, then hire
0: everything out. And then I would say like when you hire that person, like be very selective because you do have to be able to get along with that person. And you do have to have a rapport with that manager because he's going to be looking you as the same way that everybody is looking to him. But the difference is it's only you only have to you only have to imprint upon one person instead of however many people you have, which is again like once you start to get bigger and bigger then you need to be able to as a manager you need to imprint upon a smaller group of people who then imprint upon a smaller group of people but by maintaining a consistent vision and a consistent culture of leadership hopefully you can make that happen and everything can run um but i think underneath that all that is a processes of systems because there has to be something that you can point to as a manager to be like well this is the system and this is why we do it. And a good system will generally have baked into it the reason why we're doing what we're doing. Yep. Because I know from experience where if you're given a system and it's not clear why you're doing it, it's harder to have buy-in. And then you're just going to oh, yeah. do what you want, which could oh, be yeah. the wrong thing because you don't know why. Why would I do this new thing? It seems like it's more work. I don't want to do more work. I'm going to keep cutting the corner because that's important to me yep. and my time. Yep. So. Explaining why we do things I think is really important on the system side.
1: Yeah. So, like, to put that in perspective for a plumbing company, like, for mine specifically, you know, ours is, like, why we're in business. Um, Like, our, our goal and our mission as Prospector Plumbing and Heating is to be the best, the premier plumbing and heating contractor in Fairbanks, Alaska. And then to do that, we need to provide the customer with... The best customer service like our we have to take care of the customer so how do we take care of the customer well we offer them quick service give them options and we always revert to taking care of the customer sure and all of that will lead to us making money which will allow us to take better care of the customer in the end which will allow us to be the premier plumbing and heating company in fairbanks alaska and that's like the overall, right? And so those like those are things you need in your systems. Like what like why are you working here? Like what is your company all about? What's the goal? That cuz you need to sell that to your employees to get buy-in.
0: And I think by having that large vision when you create a new system, you can then check your new system to see if it lines up with the vision. Because right. you might create a system that actually doesn't line up And if you don't have any way to check it, you just might have systems that are all over the place. And then the text and whoever else is working, is that's going to be a a nightmare because they're going to have all these conflicting ideas within their systems that don't line up. Like, oh, I'm supposed to be taking care of Mrs. Jones, but right here it tells me to do something that is not taking care of Mrs. Jones.
1: Yeah. And then if you don't do any of it, like if you don't communicate any of that, (laughs) when they're in the field, they don't know if they should worry about how much money they're spending or how much money they're making or if they should worry about taking care of Miss Jones. So if they get put in a situation where they might have to spend some money to take care of Miss Jones, it's up for grabs. I want them to say, we're going to do whatever it takes to take care of Miss Jones, our customer, right? Spend that money. All my guys know that. I always ask them. Like every Monday morning, I asked them, What do we do to take care? Like, how far do we go to take care of the customer? What extent do we go to? Like, How how much do we care about that? And they're all like, any extent. It doesn't matter. We have Mm -hmm. to take care of the customer. End of story.
0: That seems to me like it could be, that could be a hard point for newer plumbing business owners to get over. Would you agree? It is, especially when
1: like, you're in the beginning stages and the money might be a little tight. You know, you might not have the funds necessarily, but I would just say, you know, if you screw something up at somebody's house and you don't go the extra mile to make it right, then they're going to go leave you a bad review. And that bad review is going to cost you way more than the amount that you spend on that customer.
0: Yeah. And then also like steeping into the human side of it where it's like, and that was a person that their house isn't working. Like they're a human who's living and they're like, my heat is still out or whatever. Like that yep. sucks. Like just yeah. from the human experience side.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, hundred percent. Like we tell our guys, um, you know, if they screw something up and somebody doesn't have water, go put them up in a hotel. Call and get a hotel room for them. Spend the two three hundred bucks on a hotel room. Yeah, that's yeah. At the end of the day, two three hundred bucks on a hotel room is nothing. That'd be a, that's a happy customer.
0: That yeah, that is a happy I mean right. and it's those things that make your company feel unique and different. Yep. Because they understood your situation and they have a solution for your situation, which obviously isn't ideal to go stay in a hotel. And like chances are they might not take it, but even the offer is like, oh mm-hmm. okay. I won't completely write you off. I'll continue yeah. to give you a chance to make this right.
1: Yeah. Sorry, ma'am, I I missed, I made a mistake. Um I there's no way I'm gonna get your hot water back on tonight. And I put you up in a hotel.
0: Yeah. yeah, that means the world. Oh, and even the first part of that sentence is so key. I made a mistake. Mm-hmm. Like people who can come out swinging are like, "Hey, you know what? This is on me. I messed this up. But here's what I'm gonna do. I'm sorry. We'll make it right." Like that's that's when people are really like, "You know what? Okay, I appreciate yeah. this a lot. Whatever yeah. you gotta do, no big deal." Yeah. Um, those words are so powerful. I made a mistake. I don't think that we can really undervalue those words too much
1: yeah yeah when i was you know that took me a while to learn when i first started going into people's houses and working on their plumbing you know a lot of people don't want to say i don't know what the problem is um, and i learned to go in and because you don't always know what the problem is and customer would ask me and they'd be standing there and i'd be like uh... i don't know <laughs> <laughs> but then I was, you know i After a while, you start to build your confidence. And it's like, I don't know, but I'm going to figure it out.
0: Yeah, sure. And you can communicate that in a way that doesn't sound like you're unaccomplished. It just makes you sound like, oh, this is part of my process. I come to these things not knowing anything. But guess what? I'm going to know a lot real soon.
1: Yeah, we're going to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'll let you know how much it'll cost.
0: (laughs) Yeah, totally. Yeah. What are some of... Like if somebody has a plumbing business, like what is the quickest thing that they could do to start generating momentum? I mean, we've briefly, we talked about flat rate pricing. We've talked mm-hmm. about getting some kind of CRM and then maybe hiring, hiring a CSR. But what's another thing that somebody could implement today that could really change their business tomorrow? <coughs> so, I mean, there's
1: like a few key things. There's a few key pillars to every plumbing business, right? You You have to be able to make your phone ring, right? you have to be able to get to work. So you have to do some sort of marketing, right? A lot of people skip this. Like when you're first starting out, you can get a business license, you can get a logo. You need to get your GMB up and running, your Google My Business profile. Um, And then you can get on Google local service ads. But even then, you need, you're going to have a hard time getting phone calls. You need to go hire a marketing company to come in and, and create your website, start running Google AdWords for you so that you can then start getting calls in the door. And where I think most people can get to this point, but where most people fail is that they just stop at that. Yeah. They don't, they don't go any further into their marketing. Like you you have to continually be pushing forward on your marketing. Um, like when, you know, like an example, I had Google AdWords going, I had a website, I had reviews on my AdWords, I had Google services going, um, and I had Google Paperclip going, all that stuff, right? And it would, I'd be, I'd have an opportunity to hire a guy. So I'd have four trucks, three of them with butts in them, and a guy would come to me and I had an opportunity to hire him. Well, I would always hire him because I wanted to grow my company, but then I would... I would be like, man, I don't have enough calls in for this guy. So I would go to my marketing company and say, what other forms of advertising can we do that are gonna be effective? And let's get them going. So next step might be like social media, or radio ads, or TV ads, or direct mail, or something. Um, sp- sponsoring local events, that kind of stuff. Um, most people just stop at like the internet-based right, marketing. And then they get to a point where they don't have enough calls and they haven't too many guys and they don't understand like that they can literally just spend more money on marketing and get more calls coming in the door. Seems like an easy brainer, like a no brainer, right? So like the key things to building momentum marketing, because you have to get the phone calls in the door and then you have to have a way to capture those phone calls and turn them into Mm -hmm. book jobs. Mm
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I call these the four pillars. And then you need to have, you know, the tools and the equipment. So the vans, all the tools to go in the vans, whatever equipment you might need, drain cleaning equipment, you know, analyzing equipment, that kind of stuff. You got to have that. And then you got to have the people, the butts to put in the vans to go actually do the work, right? And then they need to have a system. So part of the tools would be your CRM. Mm -hmm. You need guys to use your CRM follow your processes and then go build the work. So those are like the four key pillars. And if you get hung up on any one of those, it's going to affect your business. Sure. If you're not yeah. doing enough marketing. You're not going to get enough phone calls. If you're getting phone calls, but you can't convert them into book jobs, then the phone calls aren't doing you any good. You're wasting your, your marketing's money. not doing any good. If You're getting the phone calls in the book jobs, but you don't have the tools and the equipment to actually do the job you know, you don't have a CRM, you don't have a drink cleaning machine, you don't have enough vans, then the phone calls don't do you any good, right? And then if you've got the guy, if you don't have the guys, like you've got all the tools and all the vans, you've got all the phone calls coming in, but you don't have people to actually go run those calls, then you still have nothing. So you need all four of those things to make the whole thing work. And what's cool about like, if you think about it that way, if you're like, okay, I don't have enough phone calls. Well, you can go, well, I need to do more marketing. If you go, I've got, um, an empty van here or I've got four vans and one guy's not busy. I need more phone calls. Well, to do more phone calls, you know, you got to do more marketing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If you've got guys there, or you've got, maybe you've got an empty van, you need more guys because you've got too many phone calls. You go, well, I need more vans and more guys so I can do more marketing to get more phone calls, to buy more vans, to get more guys, do more marketing, to get more phone calls, on and on and on and on That's really the game you got to play, especially when you're growing, right? Yep. So when you just start out, your your sole focus should be marketing, getting phone calls, and then you go do the work. Yep. Right? Obviously, you got to have a van. You got to have the tools, but you go do the work. And then once you've got the marketing in place, the phone calls coming in, then you start going, what other equipment do I need to get more people in here? Okay, I need to get more vans, more tools. I need to get a CRM in place. And then once that's in place, let me get the guys to actually go run more calls so that I don't have to run the calls all the time. And then once you get the guy, you're like, okay, do I have enough work for the guy? Are we getting enough phone calls? Probably not. Let's spend more on marketing. Right? It's just this big circle. It's Mm -hmm. literally that simple. But a lot of people miss that circle of life in your plumbing business. Make sense? Dude, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. It's that, it literally is that simple. But it's like, you know, when you're in the thick of it, sure. And you're maybe you've done some marketing and you're getting phone calls and you're trying to run jobs, it's hard to think about all that stuff. It really is. And if you don't know, like if you don't know how it all works and you've never seen it in action, then that stuff is is difficult to think about. You know, you Let don't me... know what you don't know.
0: You got to learn it somehow. Let's, um, let's end with this. So we have sort of the, the four pillars that you described, what you need. What is probably the top or maybe a list of limiting beliefs that keep guys from sort of embracing those pillars because it seems like that at least the companies i talk to that there's something that they're not doing that is prohibiting from their growth so what are the limiting beliefs that need to be overcome for them to do whatever they need to do
1: yeah you know you see a lot of guys who go into it thinking they're just gonna be a one-man show and not actually build a company in which case the four pillars kind of falls apart because it's just all you And what's going to happen is you're going to get too busy and you're not going to make enough money and it's going to (laughs) suck. I've done that. I've been there way too many times. (laughs) And then you're going to be like, you're either going to continue to do that for the rest of your life and end your life with nothing, or you're going to quit doing it and then go get another job. Yeah. Right. I've seen both. But the better path to go down is to go, okay how do I actually make this business run like a business Mm. with people Mm -hmm. and get it to the point where I don't have to be involved because then you build something of value you can sell or makes you enough money to where you can go retire and on and on. So that's probably, that's probably the biggest one I see. Like people not wanting to actually grow it into a legit business because they think, that that's going to be complicated and hard to do, and a lot of work, and it is going to be complicated and hard to do, um, but it's going to be worth it. Like it's harder to do the other way. Like they, a lot of people are like, oh, I don't want employees. That sounds difficult, or I don't want to grow so big that I can't. That it takes all my time. I'm like, no, no, no. It's going to be difficult if you don't have employees. Yeah. It's going to be difficult if you don't grow because it's going to take all your time.
0: It's the opposite. So if I may summarize that limiting belief to me, or maybe not summarize, maybe just extrapolate uh, the limiting belief to me seems like it's a limiting belief of, a, of the wrong goal. Like they get yeah. into this plumbing business with a goal of, I don't know what the goal is, but it's not the right one. Cause the right one would be to create something that is valuable that you don't have to spend all your life on that you can yep. eventually sell to be able to make a profit, to make you money, and then go do what you want. Like, yep. instead yeah, of just or being retire like, or whatever. yeah, go retire, whatever you want start your next business, whatever you want to do. But instead <laughs> of walking into it being like, hey, I'm good at this. I'm just going to do this by myself. And it's going to be easier. Because like,
1: yeah, I've watched guys do that, man. They run a business for 30 years by themselves, or maybe one other guy. And then they're 60, 65, still running around doing calls. And then their business is worth nothing. Yeah, nobody They wants haven't to made enough money to actually go make a retirement for themselves and they just end up quitting or I've seen some of them sell for very little amounts of money and be able to retire because their wife had a retirement. Sure. But I look at that and it's, it's sad because they worked their butts off for 30 years and then were left with nothing. That's not how it should be.
0: Yeah. So if, before you start your business, make sure just to you know. Before you start your plumbing business, we'll even say just to be clear on your goal. Oh yeah, and like make your make your goal. You don't like, want to
1: grow it into a real business, then don't do it.
0: Yeah, it's like
1: just go get a job.
0: That's too much just, responsibility with no payoff. Yeah, and like you just go like work for most the people boss, think
1: where the limiting think is is they're like they think that they're going to go start their own company. It's going to be just them. They're they think they're going to make more money and they think they're going to have way more freedom. And it lasts for about 2 weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious, dude. It I lasts about 2 weeks I and then they're like way too busy and then at the end of the year they get their tax return back and they don't have any money in the bank and they're like crap. I made like half of what I would have made if I just went and worked for somebody else. That's how it goes. And people will continue doing that for a long, long time. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they quit and go back to work. That's what I did twice. And it's not until you actually go, okay, I'm going to turn this into a legit business and build something of value that you can Mm -hmm. actually get the freedom and the extra money that you need.
0: Yeah, so it's like the, the moral of the story is if you start a plumbing business, you need to run it like a plumbing business.
1: Yep, there emphasis you go. on the Emphasis
0: on the business part, not the yeah, create, plumbing part. Create, create a business. real thing. Yeah. Don't be don't,
1: a, don't be a one-man band.
0: Yeah, don't half-ass it. Actually make a company. If you want to go
1: offer great plumbing service all by yourself, just go work for somebody else. Go yeah. Offer and then great just, plumbing
0: service. Yeah, be that star guy who's probably going to make more money because he's... But he gets to go home every night and just not think about it.
1: Yeah. But if you want ultimate freedom and more money, go start a real business. Yeah. And grow it into a, something that... Is valuable that doesn't need you there. 100%. 100%. Thanks, Jared. You bet, boss. See you Um, next week.
0: Yeah, (laughs) on
1: the right day.